gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan. And Intern E is, is here. This is Episode 70, another great edition of The Room. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest sound in the world. NHL playoffs are kicking off. NBA playoffs are kicking off even harder. We got conference finals and then Stanley Cup semifinals. We've got an epic find him and cut him. We've got Euro talk out the wazoo because there has been some craziness. Anyways, let's ask our glorious co-host how he's doing this fine evening. How are you doing this fine evening, Nick? So not only does Jermaine now take the intro from me, but he also takes my bit where I explain what's going on in the show, episode 70. So I'm doing great, Jermaine. Let's get into the show. So our trivia question today. Oh, I'm going to delete this question from that that e that e gave so the trivia question for today episode 70 as jermaine already mentioned tim duncan has more career wins than an active nba team right now which team is it i know this would this could give the answer away but tim duncan has 1158 career wins so for those of you who keep up on NBA team win totals, that could give it away. But the trivia question again, Tim Duncan has more career wins, 1,158, than one active NBA team. And which team is it? The crazy part is, is this is including playoffs. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> this other team is boo-boo water. They're about Ooh, as ass. they're about as good as good as ten fake paraplegics winning a gold paraplegic medal. I mean, am I right? Am I right or am I right? So what what Jermaine is referencing is the uh, Sp- Spanish Paralympic basketball team was found that ten of twelve right ten of twelve players were not actually disabled. So my question to you, Jermaine, would be, is it more impressive that they would spend all that time in a wheelchair and not just yam it? Because my athletic reflexes to stand up out of that wheelchair would overpower whatever uh, whatever gold medal ambitions I had. Yeah. I don't know if it's more impressive. I think it's more schmarmy. <laughs> That's definitely what that is. I mean, the, the beautiful thing is they still played in wheelchairs. <laughs> it's not easy. To do. That's what I'm saying. It's not easy. So they still won a gold medal. They, they, they got no advantage over anybody else. Unless they were playing against teams who had collective like 10 arms. I don't think that was the case, though. Probably not. I mean, I'd have to further investigate. I'm just throwing out, you know, devil's advocate situation. But (laughs) anyways, much like uh, faking till you make it, let's talk about the uh, Eastern Conference Finals of the NBA. We're just going to start with the big topic early and then hit the little topics later. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the NBA Conference Finals where we have nothing but surprises. The blue chips are gone. That's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. We will crown. These organizations will win their first title in, man, 
What was what was the stat? Does anyone remember that stat that I sent? Like thirty years, right? Thirty years or something like that. Yeah, it's it's been a long time. But anyways, the Eastern Conference Finals are set. They're kicking off as we speak. I believe Atlanta has a small lead over the Milwaukee Bucks. That's right. You heard that right. The number three seed Milwaukee Bucks is hosting the number five seed Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta beat the 76ers 4-3, winning three road games, which is almost unheard of. Ben Simmons shot 34.2% for the entire playoffs, worst in playoff history with at least 70 attempts, and 33% against Atlanta. So he shot even worse in the in the quarterfinals, which is just – it's unreal. He scored 10 or fewer points four times. He attempted three total field goals in the fourth quarter. I remember you shared you shared a meme with me on on what he did in the fourth quarter and I'm trying to find it right now. Can you can you can you pull it up? I actually don't I don't even know what meme you're talking about. <laughs> uh, oh Jesus stall for time right now yeah well i'll move into the western conference finals before we go back to the eastern oh here it is i just found it all right ben simmons ben simmons in the fourth quarter against the atlanta hawks are you ready for this 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 is his field goals game one he was two for two game two he didn't shoot a field goal game three one for one game four five six and seven he didn't attempt a field goal in the fourth quarter. Didn't even attempt. Didn't you even want? Attempt. You want to know a crazy stat? So that's three total. You want to know a crazy stat? Danny Green played one game for the Philadelphia 76ers, and he attempted two fourth quarter field goals. Uh huh. Dwight Howard attempted six, made three. Frickmont Corkmans attempted nine. By the so- way, for you listeners out there, that's not a real name. <laughs> that's. That's triple the number that Ben Simmons that Ben Simmons attempted. Oh, and by the way, Ben Simmons signed a five-year, one hundred and seventy-seven million-dollar contract at the, in the offseason this year. So He's I, now I, good. So I texted both of you this joke. This when when the 76ers lost. Since the process, since we've trusted the process. The Atlanta Hawks have made the conference finals, lost literally everyone on their team, rebuilt the team, and made the conference finals again. (laughs) So maybe we should be trusting the process in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Atlanta has the process. (laughs) Maybe Philadelphia should take notes. What an absolute embarrassment. He. You were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. You had home court advantage, and you blew in games five and six. This is what no one's really talking about. They blew 26-point lead in game five and 23-point lead in game six. Blew them both. Uh, Game four and five, I guess is what Eric's saying. It's it's unbelievable. Oh man! So it's the first time any of these. That this is the set I was looking for at the beginning of this. So uh, foreshadowing for the Western 
conference finals teams. They're not anyone you're expecting, but it's the first time any of these teams in the finals since the merger, which occurred in 1976 and 77. So (laughs) with that being said, let's tell you who made the Western conference finals, which has already played two games at the record at the time of recording this podcast, right? The Phoenix suns, the number two seeds is hosting four is hosting the number four seed, Los Angeles Clippers. That's right. This is the matchup everyone wanted. Phoenix versus L.A. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Is this the wrong L.A. for all you freaking bums out there? The Los Angeles Clippers are putting up a hell of a fight despite not having Kawhi Leonard, not having Serge Ibaka. It's literally Paul George playing point guard, piecing this shit together and trying to get it going. It is unreal. But like I said, at actually the time not of this, doing, actually not doing bad. He's <laughs> like doing, as much as we bury Paul George, he's doing pretty good in the playoffs. <laughs> he's he's playing great. My, sans the two free throws he missed last night at the end of the quarter that would have won him the game. <laughs> so Yeah, well you gotta expect like like playoff PG is gonna show up eventually. Yeah, pandemic P. There we go. And <laughs> so Phoenix Suns lead the series 2-0. Chris Paul is officially probable for game three now that he's coming out of the health and safety protocols due to his COVID-19 diagnosis. If the Clippers wanted to make this a series, they needed to take one of the first two in Phoenix on their own, on their on the road, and they had a chance for both games. And it's a wrap. It's about to be another Sun sweep. Suns are going to have two sweeps and be sitting there looking pretty, waiting for whoever comes out of the Eastern Conference Finals. Which, for those of you listening at home, I believe the Atlanta Hawks will beat the Milwaukee Bucks and advance to the finals of the NBA. The the NBA Finals, yeah. I can see it happening. It's not not a crazy thing to, to think that you know, anything can really happen in this in this kind of series. Yeah, and before and and, 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 Mil- and Milwaukee is a three seed is really not a team to be relied on. Like you can't be like, well, they're you know they're the number one, they're the number two. Their they're offense not- has been horrible, horrible, underachieving. Can't hit up open jump shots. Their forty million dollar man, Drew Holiday, is shooting a pedestrian thirty six percent only scoring like nine or 10 points a game. If it weren't for Ben Simmons' epic collapse, we'd be talking about Drew Holiday being a, a freaking scumbag right now, just stealing money from the Milwaukee Bucks. But for those of you at home, you know that this is an equal opportunity podcast. When we bury one one seed, we bury the other one. Because the Utah stinking jazz, which I've told you all year long, don't have it. Defended it against E, who saying, "I don't know, man. They're dangerous. They can hit the three. They play defense." Oh, 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 oh. And I told him, "They ain't got it. They ain't got it. They ain't got it. They ain't got it." It was so embarrassing, in fact, that in classic 76er fashion, they had a 26 point lead in Game Six and a win or go home game, and they blew it. They failed to beat the Los Angeles Clippers once without Kawhi Leonard in two tries. This is your number one seed, Eric. 
This is, ooh, the team, the Utah Jazz. No, let me tell you about the Utah Jazz. Los Angeles Clippers, right, who everyone said was, oh, the Utah. Everyone hates him because they hate Kawhi. They hate Paul George because they can't have their own opinion, right? ESPN told them to hate him. Here we go. Utah Jazz, defensive player of the year, sixth man of the year, and runner-up sixth man of the year. Coach of the year finalist. Donovan Mitchell's a nuclear scorer. I've been told that he's top 10 in the league and that people would rather have him than Kawhi Leonard. Not only that, they had the top record in the entire NBA. And they were the one seed in the West. Here's the real kick in the dick, ladies and gentlemen. With all that, they had a top five efficiency, top five rating, in offense, and a top five efficiency, a top five rating in defense. And they couldn't do a damn thing. Here's what happened. They're like, we're going to surround Donovan Mitchell with three-point shooters, and the only good defender we're going to have is Rudy Gobert and maybe Royce O'Neal. And in the playoffs, in the playoffs when it counts – what have I been calling them this whole time? Nick referenced them earlier. This is this professional podcast, ladies and gentlemen. The Atlanta Hawks made the conference finals with this same setup and could not make the finals and could not win the chip and even had the one seed. Bums. I've been telling you all year, fade the Jazz. Congratulations for all the scholarships you gave away. You're done. Go home. Enjoy the beautiful mountain and sunsets of your landscape in Utah and be gone. You ain't winning nothing. To quote the late, great Dennis Green. I actually don't know if he's dead. It just sounds better. To quote the late, great Dennis Green. The Jazz were who we thought they were. No, we let him <laughs> off the hook. <laughs> I just, I couldn't wait. It was, I was so, it was, oh, and the Clippers did it. Everyone hates the Clippers. It was so satisfying to just – I was walking around with the smuggest face. Just, I told you, you idiots. Nobody wants to listen to me. Utah ain't shit. They won't be shit. They're haunted by Michael Jordan. (laughs) Anyways, we're going to move on to a few uh, news bullets. Uh, Nick, you want to take us through the coaching uh, carousel that continues to happen in the NBA? Yeah, so we we saw a, a couple of rumblings last week. There was like weird, like weird rumblings in the Twitterverse that like, uh, like uh, there was an article that like somebody was a shadow GM in Dallas, and that like Mark Cuban wasn't really letting Rick Carlisle run the team. And then we heard this last week, or what happened this last week is Rick Carlisle let Mark Cuban know that he won't return next season. So it was kind of funny to see those articles. Mark Cuban denied them unequivocally. Denied them. And then all of a sudden, Rick Carlisle leave because of these rumors. And guess who, guess who was fired? What's that? The, the shadow GM. <laughs> the wow. shadow GM was let go after 24 years as well. Yeah. So I guess they weren't rumors confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe not. All right. And the next 
Yeah. So the so the uh, the Brooklyn Nets head coach Jermaine assist me with his uh, his name here. Ime Udoka. Okay, so Ime Udoka, the Brooklyn Nets assistant coach, is hired to be the Boston Celtics' next head coach. We know because Brad Stevens has moved into more of the uh, GM role, <laughs> role, I guess. Yeah, he's the, pre- he's the president of basketball operations of the Boston in, Celtics. In one of the biggest promotions we've had in uh, in recent basketball history. Uh, yeah, from, I think from the last one from was, but, from Butler nice. from Butler to Boston to Boston's front office. Yeah. How 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 could this go wrong? All right, and with that being said, let's talk about his first move. You want to walk us through it? No, you 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 take us through it. All right. So <clears throat> Brad Stevens wasted no time after becoming the president of basketball operations over at Boston. He um, made a deal with Oklahoma City Thunder, who has a great relationship with uh, Sam Presti. And they traded away Kemba, I'm hurt, Walker. I'm, I'm hurt that you thought of trading me. Ouch, my knees, Walker. <laughs> so Boston receives Al Horford, Moses Brown, who, when they benched Al Horford, played outstanding. His 36 per which is an analytical analytical stat that people like to use if they if this player played 36 minutes per game he was averaging uh, like 20 and 10 so and a 2023 second round pick Oklahoma City receives Campbell Walker the 2021 number 16 pick a fleece who fleeced who Sam Presti Sam Presti absolutely fleeced him <laughs> so again the continuation of fleecing by uh, sam presti it's unreal he just he's just stacking picks over there so here's the best part right al horford is owed 53 million right 41 million guaranteed over the next two years and Campbell walker's owed 73 million over the next two years so in that's in this sense boston was able to create at least cap space. But, man, talk about a steep price to pay to get rid of the, the the trade chip you got back in response to Kyrie Irving leaving. No doubt. I can't say – like, Danny Ainge gets heralded as a great GM, and he's done a lot of really good good moves. But he got all this – he got all this stats – I mean, he got he stacked all these picks when he traded Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, one of the worst trades in history to the Brooklyn Nets, and did nothing with them. He never wanted to move the picks. He didn't want to go all in on a player, and now look where he's sitting. He's sitting at home because he blew it. He lost a prime window to win a ship, and now this team is in shambles. They don't have a point guard. They don't really have a, a power forward. They their center is now Al Horford, Moses Brown, Robert Williams. So now you have a logjam because Tristan Thompson's also there. This team is not built to win, let alone against the powers in the Eastern Conference. I mean, Philadelphia is still a problem. Ben Simmons aside, I don't like. I don't know what the deal is with him, but it's it's purely confidence based because I've seen the man hit a jump shot before. I just don't see what Boston's about to do. 
Oh, all right. Uh, intern E's official take on Ben Simmons is he's a bitch. All right. And uh, to correct my, my earlier uh, talking point, per 36, Moses Brown was averaging 14 and a half and 15 rebounds, which is insane. 15 rebounds per 36 is wild. All right. Um, e, can you pull up the all rookie team for me? And uh, you want to talk about the award for the Phoenix Suns Executive of the Year, Nick? Yeah, so so Executive of the Year, James Jones, the Phoenix Suns GM, led the Suns, well, made the moves that we'll discuss here in a minute to get to the Suns to a 51-21 and 21 regular season. Obviously, the, the big additions that he made, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and Torrey Craig, but I, I, I mean, like, you know, we we talk about a lot. We, we talk about the Suns a lot, right? We talk about Monty Williams. I, I remember seeing a Bleacher Report notification come across my phone that Monty Williams is like sixty three and twenty five since the bubble started. Yeah, I said that in the text chat. Yeah, you okay? I mean, that is that is incredible. And I mean, you know, Jermaine, you can kind of take us through the moves that he's made as kind of your GMing with Jermaine segment. But I mean, if you're if you're gonna, like, how does Monty Williams not win Coach of the Year if this dude wins Executive of the Year? Uh, I mean, it was a real simple fact. It's that the New York Knicks completely blew expectations out of the All water. right, that's that's right. The New York Knicks made the playoffs for the first time in a millennium. Yeah, the first time since Carmelo Anthony was good, according to all my friends, right? Because Carmelo <laughs> yeah. Anthony's not. What was that? Good. What was that? Two thousand six. Two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what that. I don't even think they'll give him that credit. They might go. They might give him Syracuse in like oh two. Oh Jesus! <laughs> like like NBA like NCAA basketball cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So here's the thing: when you trade for Chris Paul. You have a player who just made the all-star team for the first time the year prior in Devin Booker, many who are expecting to take this big leap. And you have the number one overall pick in DeAndre Ayton. You're expected to perform. 51 and 21 is what you're supposed to do. And you just traded and you just traded for one of the modern day's best point guards. Our generation's best point guard, and I hate him because he's a crybaby and he's a dirty <laughs> player. But it's our generation's best point guard, and it, and and people are like, "Why didn't Monty Williams win it?" Tom Thibodeau. People can't even name the New York Knicks starting five. Julius Randle. He, he is shaking his head. Hold on, let's bring Interne for this. All right, yeah, Interne, unmute get yourself. Our, get a, unmute. All right, give us the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks starting five. Uh, so I know they had a no, 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 no. I want I want the starting five right now. Start with point guard. Point guard was uh, I can't pronounce his name. It was like Nicolina. Nicol- I can't say his name, but that French. All team. right, shooting nah, guard. That guy didn't start. Who started? Right, shooting Rose. Shooting yeah. guard. Uh, yeah, I don't know the shooting guard. I'll be honest. Okay, with you. small forward. Uh, Obi Topin maybe. Okay, nope. power forward. Julius Randle. Okay, center. 
Okay, got it. Mute yourself. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Back to my it. My man's was shaking his head and couldn't name the no, no, starting no. five. All right, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I just to interject here to, for my own defense. I don't care what you did in the regular season. If you're a good coach, you coach your team to win playoff series. Oh, you like the coach uh, team 76ers to win and Doc Rivers. Yeah, fuck Doc Rivers. You know what? I'm I'm not. You guys are gonna get my blood boiling. I I gotta step out. <laughs> hey, thanks thanks for stepping out. You did it on your own accord, and that's what I respect about you, dude. This is what I'm saying. They started Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and what's his studs. name? All studs. <laughs> you didn't even know him till half a second ago, and. I want to say his name is – it's not – It's. I feel like it's Robert Williams as well, but Robert Williams plays for the Celtics. But his last name is Williams, and he plays center for them. But, I mean, that's the starting five that got the four seed in the East that many anticipated the East was going to be so much better this year. That's why he won Coach of the Year. It's Mitchell Robinson, by the way. Mitchell Robinson. That's right, not Mitchell Robinson. And then so that that's why. Monty Williams did a great job, but he had Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and, and DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> like, like, come on now. Come on now. That's a better big three than, than most other teams have currently playing today right now. So kudos to Monty Williams. Kudos to James Jones. Congratulations on the executive year. Let's move into the NBA All-Rookie Team. Anthony was so gracious enough to – provide a link with the teams. So there's two teams, right? First and second team. First team was LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Sadiq Bey, and Jay Sean Tate. Excuse me. Second team was Emmanuel Quickly, Desmond Bain, Isaiah Stewart, Isaiah Kokoro, and the Paul Patrick Williams, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I had to. That's the only shining light I have in Chicago right now, dude. <laughs> There's rumors that they might trade Zach Levine for Ben Simmons, and I'm mortified. <laughs> it's good for so the you Sixers. Guys, you guys can you guys can finish tenth in the uh, in the East again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so we cannot make the playoffs. Um, and then the last few tidbits: uh, NBA draft lottery kicked off. Detroit got the number one overall pick. Um, uh, the the top four rounded out with Houston, Cleveland, and Toronto. And Golden State got the 7 and 14, and Orlando got the 5 and the 8. Yep. I mean, oh, wait, why, why does it seem to me like you look at the top five picks in this in, in the NBA lottery? Detroit, Houston, Cleveland, Toronto, and Orlando. Why does it always seem like those – it seems like those, at least f- three of those five teams are always in the top five. <laughs> Uh, so Cleveland, uh, you're not wrong. Cleveland has the most number one <laughs> overall picks in NBA history. Oh, do they? Good. Yeah. You could actually, I think you can, uh, E might be able to look that up. Zeldrunas Agauskas? <laughs> Dude, don't come at Big Z. Big Z was a hooper, bro. If you want to come at anyone, come at Booby Gibson. Hashtag Texas alum, bro. <laughs> Yeah, but it it usually is these teams. It's usually them, Sacramento, Chicago, the Knicks, 
You know, Chicago wouldn't be there at number eight if we didn't trade our first round pick to Orlando. So there you go. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then finally, last but not least, Spencer Dinwiddie opted out. The only reason why I'm talking about this is because I'm hoping Chicago signs him, brings him back to the land. And uh, the New Orleans Pelicans might actually leave New Orleans in 2024. I just want to talk about this. Quick thoughts. Uh, we'll go to you first, Nick, and then E. Which um, which city do you think New Orleans moves to? Well, my, my thing is, like, how many times have we heard this? Like, I feel like I've been hearing this, like, every two years. Like, the Pelicans aren't happy in New Orleans. Yeah, like, they were. Since Chris Ball is on the team. Well, they were they were Charlotte, right? They no, were no, Charlotte? No, they were the New Orleans Hornets. That was when Chris Ball was on the team. It's, well, but they came from Charlotte, right? So they came from, like, in – because he played a year yes, in Charlotte, yes. then they went to New Orleans. Yeah, like, they left. They since, left Charlotte. Ever since they got New Orleans, they were like, "We're not happy here." It's like you just got there, like, <laughs> like embrace the city a little bit. Well, the team, the team went bankrupt. The I NBA, would love the NBA actually owned the team for a little bit. I know we always. I mean, on this podcast, we always say this, right? Because we're we're constant advocates of this. I would love to see a Las Vegas NBA team. They gotta get to that market, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. They have to. They don't want to be the last one there. It's gonna be a bad look. I would love a I, I would love a Las Vegas Gamblers <laughs> NBA team. Dude. Oh, speaking of, you want to hear the craziest thing that I saw this week? Let me get it. The Harlem Globetrotters petitioned the NBA to get a franchise. The like Harlem, the Harlem like, <laughs> and the Harlem when, like when like 2021 <laughs> the executive the executive president <laughs> yeah Jackie Moon making a comeback the executive president of the Harlem Globetrotters said he's like hey we have a long standing history with the NBA we were responsible in the 40s for the integration of the NBA right they poached a lot of their black players back in the day to come play in the NBA like they have a lot of history with them. And he was like, now's the time for us to talk about it. It sounds to me like they got some sort of fat cat behind them that can that confront this team. You imagine a, a Harlem Globetrotters NBA team? I'm in it just for the sheer, like, audacity. Bonanza. It's a bonanza. 100%. <laughs> I am all for it just because oh, how yeah. crazy. Oh, pot- Listen, why, does it- why don't we get Podcast Room 303 to sponsor the Harlem Globetrotters? <laughs> dude yes that's what we need to do bro i love it what an audacious idea anyways you heard it here nick wants vegas i don't actually know what city i want i don't want them to leave new orleans and it's pretty crazy because the owner of the saints is the owner of the pelicans so that's pretty that's pretty sad if the pelicans do end up leaving they just rebranded they sold the hornets back to charlotte they rebranded to the Pelicans, and now they're looking to move. So it, it's it's sad all around. I hope that I hope that they can come to terms. But you know, New Orleans, if you've ever been there recently after Katrina, it's still really beat down, still really recovering, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything in time for this. So we'll keep you posted as always. That's what we do here on Room Three Hundred Three. With that being said, let's move into MLB. Nick, you want to talk about Joe Girardi? Yeah. All right. So 
there was a, an incident where this weekend Max Serger was pitching. He got checked. So the, the substance abuse policy is basically like I like I didn't know that this was a thing. I thought I thought umpires would check pitchers as they were leaving the mound, like like between innings or something. But apparently there's a clause in the ruling that managers can request checks. Right. And just I mean, this is just typical, typical MLB. <laughs> so basically, Joe Girardi, the bum that he is, even though he played for the Colorado Rockies, he was good back then. We didn't corrupt him. <laughs> it was the Yankees. Uh, issued three checks on Washington Nationals pitcher Max Serger in the same inning <laughs> to the point where, with the third check, Max Serger literally took his pants off. <laughs> yeah, because he was like, "What do you think I have? What like three checks, same inning? He he's not putting Vaseline on anything. He's not doing anything." I just think it's I I think it's gotten out of I, I think it's gotten out of so there there there's a philosophy in baseball and it's that if a pitcher is doing well you do everything to throw him off his rhythm right you take you take times at at, at awkward you you call time at awkward thing you take too long to get in the batter's box you keep you know, you don't step in the batter's box, but you warm up. You know, the manager will will come out and argue calls for an extra long time. You don't let him get in his rhythm. I think this is just Joe Girardi trying to throw Max Serger off his rhythm by doing what he can in the rules and having him sub- three substance checks in one inning. If you do one substance check in an inning, he's good. He can't just like, like it's not like he hit it under the rubber. <laughs> like he's you good, he's he fine. Do, he, he didn't do a good job the first two. So I guess, like I mean, it, I like, well, like, well, like what, like, like what, like the first, the first one is like an over the body search, right? The 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 second one is like uh, you search the extremities. What's the third one? A cavity search? Like what are we doing here? They checked his hair. I I mean, like what are we doing here? Yeah, he took his hat off and he rubbed his hand through his hair. Which is sweaty, obviously. And then Joe Girardi issued a check for them to come out and check his hair. <laughs> Dog, they, I'm like, rubbing. I'm rubbing my hand. If I rub my like, I I'm I'm cognizant, right? Like th- this is how much in my men's league the other weekend. I was cognizant to wipe my brow with my glove hand, so I didn't get any sweat on my pitching arm. Yeah, it only makes it worse. Like moisture <laughs> does not moisture does not make pitchers does not make pitches better. Yeah, and to be honest, Scherzer is right-handed, correct? He is right-handed, yes. Okay. So, I think he took his glove off, right? And wiped he wiped through with his left hand. Cuz cuz he was probably frustrated. That's what pitchers do. Yeah, I dude, I can't tell you how many times I've been working out or playing sports where I just naturally put my hand through my hair all the time, just casually. I've been kind of wanting to do it right now while recording. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's enough of that. Joe Girardi, you're a scumbag. Nobody likes you. That's why you got fired from the Yankees, even though the Yankees suck. Fuck them. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so the Arizona Diamondbacks, right, have lost. 23 straight road games. 
setting the record in the modern era. The Baltimore Orioles, right? So that's that's ineptitude at its finest. The Baltimore Orioles this year have lost 19 straight. <laughs> we have competing, we have competing streaks right now. 19 and 23. My hope is that the Baltimore Orioles get to 23 <laughs> and they they beat the record set this year. Because the Arizona Diamondbacks, I don't believe they play another road game on the 27th. And the team they play is like a below – it's a below 500 team. And I want to say it's the like the Rangers or something. Maybe it's the Rockies. <laughs> Probably. If, if it's the Rockies at home, they're doomed. <laughs> yeah, they're doomed. They're doomed. <laughs> the, Rockies, the Rockies on the road are awful. They're about to set a – like, the funny thing is the Diamondbacks have lost 23 straight. The The Oreos have lost 19 straight at this point. The Rockies have the worst regular season record in the MLB. They're going to set a record at this point. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty obvious when they traded away Arenado, though. If, if it continues. However, at home, they're rock stars. They're all stars. We're about to go to Colorado in two weeks – and we're about to see the greatest home team of all time play. <laughs> all right, take us through. Uh, take us through hockey, Nick. All right. So in the NHL, I I mean, Jermaine has the Utah Jazz. I have the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> I don't think like where. What is this team doing? They have no business being. <laughs> the Canadians are leading. I said, I've said since the beginning, if you listen to our hockey show, episode 65, I said the winner of the Avs Golden Knights goes wins the Stanley Cup. The Canadians <laughs> are up 3-2. The Canadians, <laughs> the Canadians had a negative goal differential in the regular season. How can I shout it louder? <laughs> Dude, their offense is red hot, bro. Red hot. Dude. Have you ever seen a team more playoff hockey than the Montreal Canadiens right now? Honestly, every year I say this because the playoff hockey is it's literally who gets hot. I've never seen anything like this, though. I have never, I've I never have. Never the Avs, the Avs, the Golden Knights. Before the playoffs started, it was it was easy. You pick one or two. You bet on both of them, you're going to make some money. You bet the Avs, you bet the Golden Knights. They were the I mean, they were dominant in the regular season. And you bet and you saw the series and you said, "Well, okay. Well, crap. The Golden Knights whooped the Avs in that playoff <laughs> series. So we're going to bet the Golden Knights." And here come the Canadians. 15 months since they've played on American soil and they're up 3-2. What is going on? What is going on? The island, the 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 Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. I really want the the Isles to win this series. Tampa Bay, an eight zero win against the Isles. Oh my that's god, dude! That's, that's a baseball. That's, that's a baseball game. That's a baseball game. What's the score right now? E, tell us the score. It's I mean, insane. like, like, like you, you got to think like. That that score doesn't happen in regular hockey. <laughs> no, dude, eight goals. I mean, like, can can, can we establish the NA, the NHL at this point as the most watchable playoffs? Like, uh, like if, if you're not a fan of hockey, 
but you're a fan of just sports in general, you should watch the NHL playoffs. Because yeah. any, at this point, anybody could beat anybody. It's the greatest playoffs, dude. Because it it's the top teams, right? The NBA, it's it's the, well, I mean, <laughs> this year aside, obviously. Yeah, this, yeah, this year aside. <laughs> this yeah. year aside, maybe twenty, obviously. maybe twenty twenty one is just a continuation of twenty twenty. We're never gonna get returned to normal. The uh, the the Cincinnati Reds and the um, uh, no, oh, don't you do it. The the Cincinnati Reds and the uh, what's a red? What's a red? <laughs> no, dude, the Baltimore o- Oakland Harvard. Athletics. The, ah, but they've won before, though. Seattle Mariners. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> the, the Cincinnati Reds and the Seattle Mariners are gonna be in the World Series. We're gonna be like, how'd they get here at the All Star break? They were awful. Uh, what's that? What's that, Scory? It's a two-two. Twenty seconds left in the third period. Ooh, we headed up over. Oh, watch me oh. jinx it. <laughs> How oh, many times 18, have you seen 18 seconds left? The Islanders yeah. scored. The Islanders score. Yeah. How many times have we seen that, dude? Oh, did it just happen? E threw his hands up like it just happened. No, sorry, dude. The NBA game's kicking off, and the Hawks just took a one point lead with 29.0 seconds left. So he probably was throwing his arms up for that. Yeah. So that's our NHL coverage. We almost have our Stanley cup set which i i thought at the beginning of the stanley you cup, did predict yeah i thought it was gonna be knights lightning and i thought the knights would win it in a revenge series and now it's looking like the lightning are gonna win uh the whole thing watch the islanders are gonna win today and then win game seven and i'm gonna eat my words it's gonna be it's gonna be canadians <laughs> islanders bro, because, I, because i predicted the other one Right, and I'm right there. I'm so close. I'm so close to having it. And they're just gonna be like, "Nah, it's 2021, bitch. What you think? What you think? You thought this was Xbox? This ain't a game. This ain't a game." Oh my goodness! All right, so we got a few more hefty topics to cover, right? But we're gonna end with Euros on a high note. With that being said, Nick, you want to talk about who the who won the U.S. Open this weekend, real quick? So a Spaniard, in fact, a uh, John Rom, John Rom, the favorite to win the U.S. Open, actually, but a plus one thousand. So nice, a nice betting favorite there. Had the first major win of his career at the U.S. Open. He was the betting favorite at plus one thousand. He was the betting favorite at plus. It was a truly wide open affair. Wide open. And so here's the thing that the odds got it right because the the Sunday I was watching a little bit of it that there was so many people <laughs> who had a shot at winning that thing I was just like what is happening <laughs> like how is it I this mean it's, close? it's it's so nice to see like majors like that when like everyone is in contention because it makes a more interesting like final Sunday like if if there's just two people in contention you're like okay whatever. But if there's like at the beginning of the day, there's like yeah. nine people that could challenge for the title. You're like, I don't know who's gonna win, and this is gonna like I might actually tune into this major. The best, the best part about golf right now, right? I love seeing all these first timers wins, these old head wins, or just a young buck like asserting himself as one of the best in the game. The best part is right now is Deshambo and Kepka are leaning into this. They have completely leaned into it. 
it's almost like someone behind the scenes is just like, look, man, like even if you guys are over it already and you guys actually squash it, we need you to keep it going. Like Kepka getting interviewed on ESPN and saying, and at, if they asked him, if, he, if DeShambo walked over with some Michelob Ultra, by the way, how much money do you think Michelob Ultra paid for that? We'll get to that after this. But if DeShambo walked up with Michelob Ultra and offered that and tried to squash it right there, what'd you do? And he's just like, I don't think we're sitting down for dinner or drinks. <laughs> I was just like, holy cow, dude. The pettiness. The pettiness. Did you, did, you, did you have to know they're going they're going out to like the bar behind the bar? And they're just <laughs> they're just they're like, I mean, they're wiping their tears with just billies, right? At this point. I mean, like, I love it. I don't know what PGA organizer was like, listen, you guys gotta hate each other, right? <laughs> I don't care what you guys do in the players clubhouse. Right, you guys go back there, you toast each other to your millions. I don't care. But on camera, you guys build this. Build it like <laughs> a brick house. Build it up like a Lego house. You hate each other. Brooks, you hate Bryson. Bryson, you can't stand Kepka. All right, listen listen to me. Here's what I All right, first question. How much money do you think Michelob Ultra got paid for that plug? Oh, I mean, I mean, uh, what are we talking? Tens, hundies? Like, I, I think they paid probably a cool five million to get that plug. Oh, they they had to have they had to have paid at least yeah a, a couple millies. All right, so three to five. That's where we settled. We settled three to five. Uh, that's a lot of cheddar to get that plug. But what I was going to say is, we need a Deshambo versus Kepka the match. TNT, the match, just those two. Sponsored by, wait for it, Michelob Ultra. <laughs> yes, sir. You know it, dude. It's that holy shit. Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> just hit two clutch free throws. Paul George, take notes. All right, so with that being said, we're going to touch qu- quick, quickly on the NCAA because it's my most hated, most passionate dislike. Um, Nick, you take the first topic. Oh, excuse me. Nick, you take the first topic. I'll take the second one. All right. So, uh, ACAAC commish, sorry, Mike Oresco says that the Power Five championships or the Power Five champs, so the Power Five conferences, earning automatic playoff bids would be an enormous step in the wrong direction. Agree or disagree? Do you agree or disagree? I kind of agree. Like, if we're going to go to a 16-team playoff, like, the Power 5 champions are going to get automatic bids, right? We're going to a 12, and one of the proposals is that the Power 5 get automatic bids. So, we're going if we're going to a 12-team, you're saying if we're going to a 12-team. Right, 12-team. Yeah, Power 5 get automatic bids. So, you agree with Power 5 getting automatic bids? Yes, the, the 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 champions. Yes, despite the last three years, the AAC having a team ranked higher than conference champions. Well, it doesn't matter; it's conference champions. So, well, I, the, like, no, listen, so listen, the, the we've, AAC, we've, 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 but we we have had this debate every single. We, we've had this debate on the podcast before. I am a proponent of the BCS. I didn't think the BCS was broken. I think 
the BCS was the greatest thing that happened to college football. It's a computer. It's a computer that evaluated how everything did. It took the human element out of it. Just because the college football playoff puts the human element back into it, that doesn't mean the college football playoff is better. This is just throwing what I liked about the BCS back into the college football playoff. Okay, I think I I think we should establish criteria that we can uh, that we can evaluate teams on. To get in the college football playoff, I don't think it should be humans evaluating what team, what's a good loss, and what's a bad win. Okay, but this this is what I'm asking you. The last three years, you had Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. then UCF, and then UCF. Okay. Each team was the conference champion of the AAC. Uh Uh-huh. And... They were ranked higher than other Power Five conference champions. Okay, so they're no, they're the number six seed in a twelve seed bracket. What's the what, what what's what's the, what's the what's the guff? I just don't think you auto bid anything. I so think you, you auto. So, I think you so auto bid conference let's, champions. Let's say the Big Twelve has a down year, which is very susceptible to doing, and you have a three loss conference champion. Okay. Okay. And you have an undefeated AAC and you have an undefeated undefeated um what's the man conference USA. Okay, so they're six and seven. Six and seven are not bad seeds in a twelve team playoff. Automatic bid uh, I just don't think you get an auto automatic bid just because you're you're playing a power five. So, so the whole, the whole, the whole reason that Power Five even exists is because in 1985, uh, the Supreme Court's last ruling on collegiate sports in 1985, the Supreme Court ruled that it was against the school's best interest and fairness to prevent teams from being on television as much as they want. So, since then, that's when you get. Notre Dame every week, Alabama every week, Texas every week, where the big schools continue to make money every single week, which is why they win in recruiting, which is why they get all the all the uh, backers and the alumni to give them a ton of money and build these things. So, it's again, it's perpetuating that cycle that we constantly complain about. Yeah, I think, I think he makes a great point, though, when he says automatic bid doesn't mean a top seed. I'm just saying, why wouldn't you pick the six best conference champions to get an automatic bid? And then you judge the merit of the other conference champions because that's what they're going to do with the non-Power 5 schools, right? Because you're going to have five conference champions from the other non-Power 5 schools. Yeah, I mean, but like they have to work something out, right? So so you're saying the six – so you're saying the sixth highest league champions receive – Automatic bids. Yes. So like, that's, so that's like, let's, so, 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 hold on, so, so hold on. I have a question. I have a question. So let's say Colorado state out of the mountain West goes 12 and 0. Put them in. But Alabama goes 12 and one, but Alabama's one loss was against like a number six LSU team. One of, Alabama, top, is- one, 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 one of the top 10 best teams in the country. Is Alabama the conference champion? No. 
Well, uh, uh, yeah. Well, hold on. Yes, they are. Yes, they won. Okay, so Alabama would get the would get a conference champion bid. They're twelve and one. They're a conference champ. Yeah, I, I'm saying the six best records and six best conference champions get the automatic bid. Then the other conference champions, they're judged against the the twelve and one Georgias who don't win the title, who don't win their conference. Right? They're judged against the uh, eleven and two Penn States. But what? But like? But what I'm saying is that. You you take an Alabama team and an Alabama team that that gets demolished, let's say, or not, not demolished, but an Alabama team that loses by one to a top ranked SEC team, which we've seen before, and you have a, a Mountain West team like a Boise State, a Colorado State, a Fresno State that sneaks in, you're going to give them a higher bid. No, just like E said, automatic. Bid doesn't mean a top seed. I am just saying the six best conference champions get the automatic bid. Rank you, you see them however you want after that. But then the other conference champions that don't have the highest record get thrown in with the pot of 12 and ones, 11 and twos of the schools that didn't win their conference championship. Yeah. All right, so okay. mo- moving on, moving on. That's what Mike Oresco was talking about. He was talking about a, f- a more fair procedure on it. And people are going to debate this night and day, and like like we just happened, Nick and I disagree. But with that being said, uh, as aforementioned, the 1985 NCAA Supreme Court case that essentially opened up the cable market and allowed big programs to get aired regularly – um, NCAA, uh, the SCOTUS, or Supreme Court of the United States, ruled again, this time 9-0 unanimously against NCAA for education-related benefits. So one of my favorite parts of this whole situation was Kavanaugh wrote, so usually the Supreme Court, I don't know how familiar everyone is, but usually the Supreme Court has one person write their statement explaining why they decided what they did, weighing the pros and cons. Then there's a second statement written by another Supreme Court justice that essentially reaffirms that statement and expands. Kavanaugh happened to be the second statement that expanded, and this was a quote from him. Excuse me. The NCAA is not above the law. The NCAA couches its arguments for not paying student-athletes in innocuous labels, but the labels cannot disguise the reality. The NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in most any other industry in America. That is a Supreme Court justice. That is one of the most damning sentences the NCAA could ever heard. So, based on this, a case was filed in 2014. It's NCAA versus Sean Alston. Alston is the lead plaintiff in this. There's a host of other college athletes with him in this case, right? more of an antitrust issue. He was a West Virginia University running back. So now the NCAA unanimously voting for it no longer bars colleges from benefits such as free laptops or paid graduate internships. It has essentially opened the door for unlimited benefits tied to education, right? So it has to be tied to education. 
the Supreme Court has uh, – so they use the non-cash benefits being violated in the Sherman Act that the lower uh, U.S. courts properly applied the, the rule of reason test, which is what they, they – they use the rule of reason, which is what's reasonable to be expected for these student-athletes. So they use the rule of reason test, and they, they determined that the NCAA violated the Sherman Act, and the Supreme Court upheld that decision from a lower uh, U.S. circuit court. So now, essentially what this is, it's establishing the precedent that the NCAA is subject to normal applications of federal antitrust laws, which is the biggest thing that you can ever hear. Antitrust but baseball law. doesn't. <laughs> uh, it's a conversation for another day. <laughs> Thanks to a ruling in 1928 that baseball is still not subject to antitrust laws. But no, nope. you know, yeah, back to NCA. <laughs> and back to the NCAA. So, <laughs> so essentially, what this sets up, what I've taken away from the whole thing, I'm just giving you my bullet points. You can read what you want, you can figure out what you want. This essentially means the next case or the next situation that's brought into legal scrutiny is going to be the death of amateurism as the NCAA knows it. Now, quote me on this. This will be the death of the NCAA amateurism model, right? Because there's going to be a bunch of students bank walking up and down, just collecting checks, just making sure they know what's up, fucking bank walking all night, giving everybody the business. So the NCAA's rules that restrict any form of compensation might not hold up based on what Kavanaugh is saying. Kavanaugh has effectively determined that the pay-for-play system that many people have been advocating due to these high-profile sports being billion-dollar industries should be a thing. The crazy part is there's currently a uh, name, image, and likeness case being typed up by a law firm. I don't have the law firm's name off the top of my head, and I don't have the lawyer who's representing it. Uh, excuse me for that. But 19 states have already passed na- name, image, and likeness. And so they refuse to wait for federal, which is the way it should be, which is the way the Constitution set up. State has their rights to govern their state as they see fit. The federal government shouldn't be in everything. Everyone read a book. Don't get brainwashed into what the media is saying. And so NCAA was already moving towards setting rules, right? Nick and I have deleted this from our document, our outline of what we're going to discuss week after week after week since the middle of May because we've been waiting on the official decision. This ruling, make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, by July 1st, the self-imposed deadline that the NCAA has given themselves, they will have a name, image, and likeness re- referendum that allows students to get paid. They will. Like, make no mistake, the NCAA is at a crossroads, and they're about to be get wiped off the map if they're not careful. Yeah, it's I mean I mean it's basically like I mean we we have not seen a type of ruling like this in 
I, I mean, has hasn't this been the thing that NC, the NCAA has been fighting against for years? Yeah, the, the ability for the the ability for their athletes, like since the since the eighties, right? The ability for their athletes to like make their own money, and like, yeah, it's like right now, it's just it, it's it's just educational benefits, basically. Yep. Unlimited but educational benefits. Unlimited educational benefits. He's so good at school, we're going to pay him a million dollars. He's so good. He's one. He's led us to a, to a tag of Iowa. is so good at education that we're going to – he's led us to two national championships. <laughs> All right, so – I just wanted to cover that SCOTUS decision. It's it's one of the biggest decisions to impact sports. In like I said, the last time the NCAA has re- been uh, adjudicated by the Supreme Court was 1985, and that was about broadcasting television. Because back in the day, the NCAA used to limit games for everyone, so you could only get a few broadcast games, so that way every team could get on television. I mean, now television is much more robust as it was back in the day, but they ruled against that saying, no, Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Miami, right, the U, can be on as much as they want. And they should be on as much as they want. Let's go ahead and move into the Euros. Uh, Let's try to move through this quickly. Nick, you want to walk us through who advanced from the group stages? And then – Yeah, so – Go ahead. No, you said oh. yeah, so. No, I was going to say, and then you can tell us how the bracket shapes out, who's playing who, and whatnot. Yeah, so so Group A, right? So so I'll take you, I'll, I'll take you guys through. So the Islanders just won in overtime. So the Islanders are up. Uh, the Islanders just tied the game uh, three, uh, tied the series three three. They're going to a game seven. That's a live update. We're a professional podcast. Let's go. Two uh, best words in all the- sports. Uh, just another live update. The Atlanta Hawks beat the Milwaukee Bucks. You heard it here first. Atlanta Hawks will it's, win this series. It's it's the first it's the first uh, conference win, uh, conference finals win in Atlanta Hawks history. Jesus, what what is this? What are we ESPN here with all these live updates? My God, we're a professional podcast. No, uh, we, sh- we should be broadcasting. Topics. <laughs> we should be broadcasting live. What's LeBron doing right now? All right, so the Euros, <laughs> the Euros, twenty twenty. So it's Wednesday, so Taco Tuesday. Yeah, Taco Wednesday. Uh, so Group A of the Euros, Italy advanced. They had nine points. They were three and zero. Wales and Switzerland also advanced. They had four points. They were one one and one. Turkey was the Turkey had zero points because they were the worst team at the Euros. Group B, no, Belgium advanced. There. They, had, yeah, Germany is there. There definitely. Belgium advanced. They had nine points. They were three and zero. Uh, Denmark also advanced. They had three points. They went one and two. We'll talk about that in a second. Finland also had three points. Russia also had three points. Group C, Netherlands had nine points. They were three and oh. Austria advanced with six points. They were two and one. Ukraine advanced with three points. They were one and two. Group D, England. They had seven points. They were they had two wins, no losses, one draw. They won their group. Croatia was one, one and one as were the Czech Republic. Both of them advanced. Scotland, at the end of Group D, had one point. They had no wins, one draw, or no wins, one loss, two draws. You got to feel for Scotland there. Group E, Sweden. 
Sweden had seven points, two wins, no losses, one draw. Spain with an absolute demolished job of Slovakia has five points. They had one win, no losses, two draws. Slovakia, three points, one and two. Poland. Uh, why, why does it seem like E? Why does it seem like Poland at every single major tournament is the letdown of the tournament? Because they got big names. They got probably one of the world's best players, and they, it means nothing. They don't win. They disappoint every year. But it just seems like a lot of teams have – like I feel like Poland every year is like – they're like, oh, yeah, this is the year that Poland makes it through the group phase. I mean, and they, it's not. They want it. They want it to happen. That's the problem. They want it to happen. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. So that's Poland. So Group F. France won Group F. The Group of Death. They had five points. They had one win. They had one win. No losses. Two draws. Germany had four points. Two. They had four points. One, one, and one. Portugal again. Four points. One, one, and one. Hungary. Two points. They had no wins. One loss, two draws. Obviously, the third-place teams, we had Portugal, Switzerland, Ukraine. Or Sorry, Portugal, Switzerland, uh, the, the Czech Republic, and uh, who am I? And Ukraine, sorry. And Ukraine won uh, based on goal differential for Finland, Russia, and Scotland. Of note, the, ne- the Netherlands was the <laughs> highest scoring team in the Euro. They had eight goals. Italy and England both had the best defense. They had zero goals. Italy had the best goal differential, plus seven. And Ronaldo was the best individual scorer. He had five goals. Moving into the Shocker. knockout stage. Knockout stage. If you guys were to listen to the podcast, you would have known to bet Ronaldo. Plus 1,000. Plus 1,000, right? I bet it. You should have too. The 24th and the 25th of June are rest days for the Euro. The 26th of June features Italy and Austria in London, Wales and Denmark in Amsterdam. The 27th features Belgium and Portugal in Sevilla, Netherlands versus the Czech Republic in Budapest, not Bucharest, as the as the French fans uh, realized today. June 28th, French versus Switzerland in Bucharest. So the the French fans just they just need to book a hotel for the next week and they'll be fine. Croatia versus Spain will be in Copenhagen the 29th of June. Sweden and Ukraine will be in Glasgow. Uh, England and Germany will be in London. So hammer England. Breaking down the bracket, Belgium against Portugal will face the winner of Italy, Austria. The winner, the winner of France, Switzerland will face the winner of. Uh, Croatia, Spain, the winner of Sweden and Ukraine will face the winner of England and Germany. And the winner of the Netherlands, Czech Republic will face the winner of Wales and Denmark. All right, boys, tell me based on this bracket and all of you have seen the bracket, who is going to win the Euro 2020 slash 2021? Who's going to win? I mean, here's the thing. Every team in this Euro tournament has shown fatal flaws, right? There's been two teams maybe who 
you can make the case for have been the strongest in Italy and Belgium. Neither of those teams inspire confidence. <laughs> and so do you pick those two teams? Probably not. I actually love the thought of Netherlands winning it all this year. I really, really do. The other thing that is very, very tempting for me to say wins it all, right? Obviously, I think France makes it to the final. I think they clear their competition. I think they just have enough talent on all three levels, including goalkeeper, that they get to the finals. But the final is always a very interesting proposition. We saw France, the better team, lose the, the Euro Cup you know, in 2016 to Portugal because they love the crossbar. I don't know if they understood. They get more points if they put it in the net. They thought it was like trick shot season, so they kept hitting the crossbar. Yeah, but I think they I think they were going for YouTube highlights. Denmark. Denmark is a fascinating proposition. They have so much to play for. I mean, how how often do you see this in sports? That something galvanizes its a unit that has no business being there. And all of a sudden they make it to the end. Stop shaking your head, E. You picked whales. Definitively, like there was no discussion. You picked Wales. That was pre-show. I mean, talk. I mean, I, here's <laughs> here's 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 the thing, right? Belgium, Portugal, Italy, France, Croatia, Spain. All I just play. named. I just named five teams that have to come. That have to come. One of those teams has to come out of that bracket. Six. That was All six. right. Whatever, right? <laughs> sure, six six teams. Six teams have to make one team, right? It's gonna be a knock a knockdown drag them out round to get to the finals from that side of the bracket. Let me name you other teams: Sweden, Ukraine, England, Germany, the Netherlands, Denmark. Ugh. I mean, I mean, who's the guess at that point that makes it? I mean, if if England has not looked good, Germany has not looked good, Sweden could get to the semifinals just based on England and Germany not looking good and then surprising either of those teams early. The Netherlands has been an absolute goal monger. The Netherlands are always good. They have, but but they always find a way to beat themselves in like very true. What I mean. I mean, E, can you look at what Sweden is right now? I might even take Sweden to go to the finals. What Sweden. is Sweden to win? What is Sweden to win the whole thing right now? <laughs> oh my goodness. What I mean, an audacious like, bet. Bet Denmark, you, dude. The story is there. Yeah, but the the Nets it gotta run to the wood chipper that is the Netherlands. But you could see a Swedish team knocking off the Netherlands. I mean, because because England and Germany, whoever wins versus England and Germany is getting eliminated in the next round. It's just going to happen. You're predicting that? A hundred percent. You don't think they just get to the finals just based on sheer? sheer I mean, maybe, but that's (laughs) the thing about the bottom bracket is that who do they have left to play? So I'm going to give you guys. can, 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 Can England, here's my question to you, Jermaine and E. Can England at their best beat the Netherlands? Of course. 
If you said you're getting England on their best day, they're beating the Netherlands. Can Germany on their best day beat the Netherlands? Of course, you'd fucking, you would bet minus 10,000 if you said, hey, every German player is going to play their best. But the problem is this tournament, we haven't seen it. We've never seen England at their best. We've never seen Germany at their best. Germany had one good game. And then almost lost to Hungary. <laughs> they drew. They drew with Hungary. All right, e, give us the odds. All right, so I'm going to give you the odds for the remaining teams. I'll start with the lowest team. Uh, Ukraine is plus 12,000. Wales plus 10. Switzerland plus 10. Czech Republic plus 10. Croatia plus 6,000. Sweden plus 5,000. Denmark plus 1,900. Portugal plus 1,100. Uh, Belgium plus 900, Netherlands plus 850, Spain plus 800, Germany plus 700, England plus 700, Italy plus 650, and of course, France plus 410. I mean, as they should. I mean, the, the French team is audaciously talented that they can show up pedestrian and still tie a game, <laughs> which is what they've done in the group stage. My issue with France is, but they've done this for years, is they don't show up. Like, they don't show up with the passion or, like, the what. You tell it. You know better than anybody. So the way I watched all the games and the way I put it is they were playing comfortable. They had moments where they put it in third gear. They're like those LeBron James teams that everybody said had that proverbial switch. We'll no see it come way, alive dude. in the next no round. Way. It's coming. No the, way. The counterattack you is there. You cannot say they were playing comfortable. They were. They were. Honestly, they you weren't afraid. You can't say they France was just Portugal. playing comfortable. I, I think the, they were. So beat them. So if you're not afraid against Portugal, beat them. Again, Portugal only scored two goals off BS penalties. Only two goals? You're the best team in the tournament. Portugal should score zero goals. You can't control handballs and you have a, you have man. a you have a top you have a top three goalie in the world. True. They should no score excuses. zero goals. Look, I, I look. I you guys all everybody knows I'm bandwagon or not bandwagon, but I'm I'm biased yeah, when wagon. it comes to France. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna you know France is the favorite, but there's some really good teams out there, man. Uh, again, I'm I'm gonna stick with my pick. I'm gonna stick with it. Wales, man, plus ten thousand. I'm taking it. I'm putting the mortgage plus- on it. Plus ten, you're putting the mortgage on plus ten thousand. Taking it. Oh my goodness! All right, so here's one thing that I heard: Netherlands plus eight fifty is so sexy. Is so sexy. They don't later later check please. They don't have any real opposition right until they get to the final four. Right, if they get to, the, and here's the thing, this is all subjective, very, very subjective. If they get to the final four, right, they're either playing the, they're either playing Sweden, Ukraine, England, or Germany, which three of those four teams present an issue, but plus eight fifty, and they're almost guaranteed, you know, semifinals. You can't ask for better. I Denmark. Plus 1,900, I think I heard. Denmark plus 1,900 is fascinating value. That team, since the loss to Finland, 
that team has looked completely different. And I love a good Rudy story. I love pointing out 30 for 30s in real life. And Denmark is, is there. Is there a chance? Is there a chance Erickson comes back? I don't think they'll allow him. I don't think no. they'll clear him because he had a cardiac issue, right? The cardiac issue most likely triggered by No, and, they, they they said he might even miss uh club play next year. Yeah. It's it was it was a he literally had um what was it, a heart attack? He had a heart attack on the field and died. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm not trying to laugh. I mean, he's alive now, so it's you can kind of make a little light of it. Not really. But, I mean, the dude was, was literally not living for longer than a minute, longer than 90 seconds. So, <laughs> like, there's no way that man's playing. I don't know when he plays again. I guarantee he will play again. I will guarantee that. But I don't know when he plays. Probably 2022. You're muted, Nick. No, I mean, like, like, I like, like Denmark is Denmark is such a fascinating story, right? The but most. like, 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 I don't, I don't think, like, I'll, I'll agree with E on this point. I don't think they can get past Wales. Let's say they get past Wales. I don't think they're getting past the Netherlands. All right, let's say they get past the Netherlands. They're not getting past Sweden, England, Germany. No, if they get, if 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 they get past Sweden, England, Germany, they're not getting past Belgium, Portugal, Italy, France, Croatia, Spain. They're not getting like. <laughs> there's a reason they're plus nineteen hundred. They're the Atlanta Hawks of the Euros, bro. No, dude, Get no, they're, no. They're the, they're the Sacramento. They're Get the em. Sacramento Kings of the Euro right now. They're just gonna go into New York, wash that team. They're gonna go into Awful. Philadelphia, bounce that Awful. team. They're gonna go into Milwaukee, Awful. bounce that team, and Don't they're gonna win the shit. And then, then everyone's gonna be like, "Is Trey Young better than Luca?" Don't even make that comparison. Take us into stand and go. I'm done with. I'm I, done with these comparisons. I don't even think Trey Young is better than Luca. For the record, I just like asking that question. Gets people spun up, dude. All right, so standing go. As always, you know I'm fascinating with the general general manager role of any professional sports franchise, and one of my uh, heroes would be Sam Presti, the Oklahoma City general manager who turned Kurt Thomas into two first-round picks in 2008. Um, yeah, right now he has five of the first 36 picks in the 2021 draft. For those of you at home, um, you usually only have two in a draft. They have five in the first round. There's two rounds. Yep, so, so go ahead and write that down. All right, so now – he has taken Kurt Thomas, Chris Paul, Al Horford, and Danny Green and received a first-round pick receiving those gentlemen in trades, and he's received a first-round pick in trading away those gentlemen to other teams. So he's taken four players and turned them into eight picks, right, on the front and back end. He is literally the dude who invented that method 
and he is the go at it. I mean, four four players: Kurt Thomas, Chris Paul, Al Horford, Danny Green. Right? Those are all fairly decent individual players. That well, not individual, but they're fairly decent NBA players who make teams better. But to do that four different times, the league still doesn't know his trickery. It's just absolutely insane. Next, next point. He has 36 draft picks over the next seven drafts. The breakout of that is 18 first-round picks and 18 second-round picks. This is literally my hero when it comes to GMing a team, right? And the thing is, he's, he's a terrific evaluator of talent. Steven Adams, Serge Ibaka, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Jeremy Grant. I mean, I mean, it's unbelievable who he's drafted. You know what I mean? Like who he's drafted is unbelievable. And, you know, he's picked terrific coaches that have gotten them through. I mean, obviously there's only so many great coaches in the league. But Scott Brooks and Billy Donovan are two of the better coaches in the league right now. This man needs to be applauded more often. It is phenomenal what he's managed to do. But, and that's why he's here in the standing O segment. And he'll be here every time he fleeces somebody. So when he trades Campbell Walker, <laughs> guess where Sam Presti will be? Sam Presti will be in standing O. All right, Nick, you want to take the next one? Yeah, so... Like, I, I don't understand why Nebraska still employs Scott Frost. <laughs> I, I, don't, like, I, I designed <laughs> this specifically for you. It's your favorite player and your least liked person in sports. I don't. All right. So, so here's so as, as Jermaine just said, Luke McCaffrey. Right. For some of you who recognize that name, he's Christian McCaffrey's brother. He used to play for Scott Frost at Nebraska. He transferred out of Nebraska to go play at uh, Rice in Texas. Shout Scott out Texas. Frost, Scott Frost himself, a transfer from Louisville to Nebraska in <laughs> 1995. said that without referencing Luke McCaffrey's name, he said, buckle up, it's going to be a wild ride. Basically meaning like, oh, we don't need Luke McCaffrey with all this. So like Jermaine said, my favorite player is Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey happens to be Luke McCaffrey's brother. I just don't like. Why is Scott Frost still the coach of Nebraska? <laughs> uh, I, obviously, the the standing out is going to Christian McCaffrey for you know backing up the McCaffrey name. But can I just throw? Can I just throw a quick? Can I throw a quick? Uh, find him and cut him to Scott Always. Frost. He's Always. twelve and twenty in Nebraska, <laughs> dude. In his six years of coaching, he's 31 and 27. He's been to two bowl games in six <laughs> years of coaching. 33%, baby. 
and he's one in one in those bowl games. <laughs> he's garbage. <laughs> oh, dude. I saw so I saw this headline. I think it was like it was must have been the day after we recorded. And I was just like, Nick is gonna eat this up, dude. This is the I set a reminder because I had it, I hadn't taken this doc and moved it to the old doc so I could start adding new stuff yet. I set a reminder so I wouldn't forget to add this to the doc, dude. Scott Frost said, and this is a quote from Twitter, buckle up because this isn't the last time you're going to see this happening. He added, a lot of these kids are getting bad advice. Oh, yeah? From you, Scott Frost. (laughs) For going to Nebraska to play football. Mr. Mr. Even in the regular season. Yeah, it's because they're listening to you recruit them. That's fucking crazy, dude. All right, so <laughs> Nick couldn't even get that one out. He was so – he had F. so many thoughts in his head. He was just like, ah! <laughs> We're going to go ahead and yeah, move to find him. No, I hate Nebraska. I hate Scott Frost. I love Christian McCaffrey. That was just a windstorm of everything. <laughs> I love Ed McCaffrey because I grew up watching his dad in Colorado. Like, what do you expect from me? <laughs> Fuck you, Scott. Uh, all right. You are... <laughs> all right. So standing out to Christian McCaffrey. What what's the other brother's name? Not not Luke, because obviously he transferred. Do you remember the other brother's name? Oh, Jesus. I don't remember. Mac. Mac McCaffrey. <laughs> Dude. It should be. <laughs> it should Mackenzie be McCaffrey. It should be. Anyway, so standing out to the McCaffrey brothers for defending their brother against the most atrocious head coach in all of college football, Scott Frost, and standing out to Sam Presti, who is going to be in the standing out Hall of Fame as long as I'm on this podcast. Nick's yeah, trying to, get, to be. Nick's trying to get me out of here. Just like Rob Manfred is in the, the and and Roger Goodell are in the permanent fireman cut him Hall of Fame. Sam Presti has to be in the standing out Hall of Fame for sure. For sure. So, the, so like, so to start find him and cut him, I kind of just did with Scott Frost. But the Los Angeles, there's a Los Angeles Lakers inspired Netflix show produced by Mandy Keeling from The Office, and HBO is also working on a drama of the 1980s Lakers. Yeah, dude, I saw this and I got so annoyed. I had what? to put it like, in. So like it's Mindy, why? Mindy, it's Mindy Kaling, and uh-huh. she's actually pretty funny. She's she's actually pretty funny. No, and, she's and, not. Have you I, seen like her like her like like Mindy Nose show or whatever? Uh no, I haven't seen that. So oh, dude, no, her independent one. show she did was awful. But she she wrote a lot of The Office though. And the office is heralded as like. But didn't the they family. take a lot of the office from Ricky Gervais's British office? No, it was based on that. It was wasn't written. Like the the, the whole show is. It was made. I mean, maybe, new. but once, but once she got her own independent show, dude, she was not good. She was not okay, funny. So I didn't watch that. But yeah, it was awful. Man, uh, it was but, like Mindy knows best. Wasn't it the Mindy Project? Hmm. That might have been it, actually. Yeah, it was on Hulu. It was the Mindy Project. Anyways, Maybe. go yeah. ahead. Fin- finish the talk. <laughs> she had both of those shows? 
Also, oh, she's trash in both oh shows. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't watch either of them, so I cannot discuss whether she was good or not. I, uh, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. But carry on. Finish, finish the sentence. You got derailed. No, no, I, the, my sentence was over. Like, HBO is also where, like, like, why are we getting so many? Like, is this the Kobe backlash? Yes. Like, we, like, now we want, like, Los Angeles Lakers stuff? I don't want Los Angeles Lakers stuff. Who does? This is who nobody does. There's LeBron, only is, so many. Is LeBron EPing both of these? <laughs> Most likely. Probably. That's why I moved to LA to be an executive producer. I mean, he still plays ball, but like, that's why I moved to LA. But that's that's his that, that's his night job. Yeah, I so you know, I saw both of these and got very very annoyed. Like you're giving me a drama of the 1980s Lakers. A hundred percent. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Like why the Who's 1980s gonna play Magic Lakers? Johnson? Idris Elba. If it's not John, yeah, if I was going to say, if it's not Don Cheadle or Idris Elba, I'm out. First it's of all, HBO. If it's not Idris Elba, I'm not watching the show. Like, the only way you're getting me to watch shows by casting the phenomenal so, actor that is. So, who Elba. plays? So, okay, so 1980s Lakers, who plays Larry Bird? <laughs> yeah. Liam, uh, Liam Shriver? David Spade. <laughs> I'm in. Idris Elba versus David Spade. I'm fucking in. You've brought me back. <laughs> All right. This this next fine McCutum is a special shout out to E. The Philadelphia 76ers fan, fans throwing garbage on the court. Beer cans, beer bottles, everything after losing game seven. I mean, it's just over, bro. It just literally speaks to just the Philadelphia fan culture of just bums. Hey, remember that year E that Donovan McNabb almost that one that Donovan McNabb won MVP. And then the next year you called him the N word. <laughs> <laughs> remember when Philly fans did that? Oh my goodness. Philly <laughs> fans are, they're the literal worst. Bro. We're relentless. We're a passionate group. There's literally a brotherly love my ass. Way to paint it so positively. Who are you? And, and I mean, no matter what amount of trash we throw on the court, it's not more than what Ben Simmons was doing. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> listen, there's, listen, there's no fan. There's no fan like a man that bags his own team. <laughs> you, we cannot bag E more than he's bagged his own team in the last couple of days. Uh, there's no way. I've tried. I just can't do it because he knows his team is ass water. Your Atlanta Hawks stat is just pure comedy, bro. Yeah. <laughs> made it to the conference final, got rid of everyone, rebuilt, made it to the conference finals before the yeah. trust the process. Like, yeah. It's insane. Trust the process started and the Atlanta Hawks literally fell as a civilization rebuilt and became a powerful civilization again. <laughs> they literally, it's like the Western Roman empire collapsing and then being the Western Roman empire again. <laughs> They're like, sure, sure. Rome got sacked, but that was like five years ago. Meanwhile, Philadelphia is trying not to lose their second round <laughs> yeah. playoff series. Is that the one seed? <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> 
They're like, but we at least made the one seed. Let's try not to lose. <laughs> oh, darn. Yeah, we won the most regular season games. Yippee! <laughs> yeah, call the Colorado Hercules. Avalanche, right, E? <laughs> he muted himself. He has nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing, man. I It's been bad. It's been bad. All right, the, all right, bad. the final fight, the final final McCutton we have. Athlete arrests. In the last week, there has been five athlete arrests that I can count on my head. I think I missed one, by the way, so go ahead. Okay. I'll name them off for you right now. Texas wide receiver Keithron Lee. Assault charges. Lakers guard Alex Caruso, weed and weed paraphernalia. He's white. Why is he getting arrested? Moving on. Keith, uh, Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark, felony possession of a concealed firearm because a submachine gun was found in his Lamborghini SUV. First of all, this sentence, this sentence right here, why does Frank Clark need a submachine gun <laughs> Why does Lamborghini make an SUV? <laughs> okay, moving on. Cardinals rookie first rounder Xavier Collins got arrested for reckless driving. I don't know how far you have to be reckless, uh, how driving you have to be recklessly to get arrested. UFC fighter Luis Pena arrested for robbery, battery, and criminal mischief. That's normally something they throw in just because the cops didn't like you. <laughs> like, <laughs> criminal mischief. What a made-up bullshit. It's just like, they're like, oh, he was, yeah, yeah, he robbed that person and he beat the <laughs> shit out of him. But yeah, he was also being a miscreant. Here's creating the all Here- kinds of mischief. Think of it this way. Like, if you dropped robbery and battery and you just said UFC fighter was arrested for criminal mischief. I'd be like, okay. I'd be like, yeah, probably. (laughs) Like, what is that? I'd be like, yeah. So, hey, uh, to answer your reckless driving thing, there's eight different forms of reckless driving. Okay. One of the forms is I've I've had a ticket for it before. It's if you're going 20 miles plus over the speed limit. Yeah, well, you have you do have an Audi, so I would assume that's the only speed they can go. Real fast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that wraps up all that we got today, but let's get the trivia answer to you and to Nick. He's not ready. That's why. So I, the that's trivia question we asked tonight was Tim Duncan has more career wins, 1,158, than an active NBA team. What team was it? It is the Minnesota Timberwolves, included, <laughs> by the way. Jermaine did say, including playoffs, the Minnesota Timberwolves only have 1,014 wins in franchise history. That's 40 wins less, dude. That's bonkers. That's like, I mean, it's 44. That's a whole regular season of being above 500 less. <laughs> like... <laughs> Tim awesome. Duncan's is a savage, bro. All right, so just uh, entering with his last little tidbit to to generate for this podcast was uh, Zabin Collins was doing 76 and a 35. That is mighty fast. He was late for a real important date. All right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Nobody's saying that. All right, close this out, Nick. 
Yeah, I listen. I I appreciate everybody what you guys have been doing, following us for seventy episodes so far. Remember, social media, Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room three hundred three. Make sure you guys let us know what we're doing good, what we need to do better. We appreciate all of you. Like I just said, Jermaine, what do you got for the people? I don't have a ton more. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode. This is episode 70. It's hard to believe we're 30 episodes away from the century mark. And no, we don't have anything special planned. We'll probably pull something out of our ass at the last second because that's classic Room 303 fashion. 100%. But as Nick said, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room 303. We'll see you next time. Well, actually, my apologies. For myself, for Nick, and for Intern E, we'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room.